The year was 2011. The wife was my ex. <laughs> the uh, situation was Black Friday. Y'all, literally, I remember this. We went Black Friday shopping for 14 hours. And I swore that day that I would never go Black Friday shopping again. It's a life lesson that I learned. And I don't think I have. I don't think I've gone Black Friday shopping ever since. Things were just literally, I feel like I was, I was maxed out. So uh, back in the radio show that Monday after, we said, what's something you learned this weekend that after this Thanksgiving weekend, you'll never, ever do again? And these stories were humorous. And you're going to hear them with a moment in Kramer history on this Wednesday show. Hi, my name's Kramer, and I am proud to admit that I am a mama's boy. You're not just any mama's boy. You're a certified mama's boy. And this is the Certified Mama's Boy Podcast. Thank you for being here. If you're listening in real time, awesome. If you're catching up, awesome too. Thank you for uh, checking out this thing called the Certified Mama's Boy Podcast. In case you're new, we got three principles. We live, we laugh, we love my mom. That means we live our lives out loud. We laugh a lot and we love my mom. My co-host, Nancy Yancey. Hi, mom. Hi, honey. I want to talk to you today about telling your story. And... (laughs) We talk about that actually a lot on this podcast, and that's actually what this podcast was kind of created to do. You know, yeah, it's live, laugh, love your mom, blah, blah, blah. But like it was kind of a way for me to have a outlet that was like a completely authentic version of myself, you know, uh-huh. to like really not have to worry about. Because like radio, the thing with radio is like it's kind of like a reality show, you know, <laughs> like it's all based in truth. It's like mo- it's like mostly true, but like you have to really amp up like your excitement about the story. And like you're, oh my god, can you believe that? You know, it's it's just it's it's like reality TV, you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so like if I tell a story on there, like it's it's based in truth, it's mostly mm-hmm. true, but there may just be little details that just to you know make it more exciting. Over here, uh, not so much. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, I there's I would say authenticity is a funny thing because it's one of the hardest things in the world to do is to just like to be yourself, you know, isn't that weird? Mm-hmm. Like, I, I don't know when, I don't know why that is. I'm not sure. And that's something I'm even exploring as someone that considers themselves to be a pretty authentic person. Mm-hmm. Um, I still struggle with authenticity sometime. Mm-hmm. And um, so let me take you back. I'm going to be kind of sensitive with this conversation, but uh, just go with me here. So over the weekend, I was talking to a friend and this friend is going through one of the struggles that I went through in 2019. Uh-huh. And um, she was really like mortified to like talk to me about this because she was so shameful, felt so ashamed, mm-hmm. uh, having no idea that I had been through this. Yeah. Um, she was extremely ashamed of her situation and, uh, and, and things that, um, uh, she had kind of gotten herself into and was kind of just kind of, you know, came to me being like, Hey, listen, please, please don't judge me for this. You know, mm-hmm. like in this super vulnerable, I feel terrible what I'm about to tell you. And the second she told me, I was like, Oh my God, like, listen, I honestly, God have been through that as well. And the second I said that it was almost like that weight, that shame, that guilt, had been like lifted from her shoulders and she felt like 10 times lighter. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. Because of it. And like, it was a good reminder for me this weekend that like, that is like, like telling our story Mm -hmm. is so vitally important because what happens is 
we feel like we're so alone. Like this situation, like is made me feel so alone. It made me feel like um, couldn't really talk about it, couldn't really share with it, couldn't really open up about it because I. It was so much to process at once. It was there were, there were so many things going on. Twenty eighteen, twenty nineteen. You know what I mean. Mm-hmm. And so it's easier for me just to like just keep it going. And it's still to this day is nothing. Probably five people in the world know the situation. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, when when. I was able to open up to her, you know, she was able to open to me and then vice versa. I just realized how important it is for us to like tell our story because mm-hmm. it's like when I talk about my anxiety, you know, my mm-hmm. depression, mm-hmm. that alone is so always such like a, like a big relief to so many people, I guess you yes. could say, because yes. they always feel like there's no one else that can understand what they're going through mm-hmm. and, Yada, yada, yada. Um, so, you know, I would say in my life, there's probably maybe three to five, three to five situations in my life that I've never talked about before because mm-hmm. of my own shame, my own embarrassment, mm-hmm. my own fear of criticism. Mm-hmm. Uh, my fear of reaction from other people. Mm-hmm. And I I wanted to talk to you about that, I, the concept of that mom, because mm-hmm. by me not sharing some of these crazy hardships that I've been through, and honestly, like the anxiety one, mm-hmm. anxiety and depression, I didn't really start talking about until maybe five years ago. Right. Because I felt that way. Yes. It felt like it like wasn't a time in society to really be talking about it. Yes. Um, but then, like, in hindsight, I feel like I was almost kind of part of the problem. Uh-huh. Because I did hide behind this facade of everything's fine. I'm great. Look at me. Mm-hmm. I feel like I just kind of kept the, the movement back. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. So, Mom, you obviously, you you know, you you know almost everything that I've been through in my life. And I'm sure you know, understand we didn't pre-plan this discussion. Um, but I'm sure you know mm-hmm. the situation I'm talking about in 2019. Mm-hmm. Um, are we, we're on the same page here. Mm-hmm. So my th- th- thought that like I've been, it's been going through my head since Saturday is, am I doing a disservice by not sharing my story? Mm. Because what she also said to me was that like a couple of her friends, the second that she like opened up them also said they had kind of been through a similar situation. Right. And then she felt like so relieved because she didn't feel so alone and isolated and having to go through this. Mm-hmm. Like it's like she's the only one. Cause I know that feeling. I know that even if we just want to talk about anxiety, depression, like I know that feeling. It's like nobody understands this. I'm in this, this like this jail cell by myself. Mm-hmm. But I'm so fearful of talking about the situation mm-hmm. because I just don't want to be judged. Right. I don't want to have a bad, but like, but, but is that thought process alone the problem? Mm. Mom, what are your thoughts? You know, it's interesting. Um, I was having a similar conversation to someone with someone recently about women that have been homeless telling their stories, mm-hmm. um, you know, in public. 
And, you know, because, it's your, because they're embarrassed. They're embarrassed uh, to say they well, were. Yeah. 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 I, and all the shame that goes around the circumstances of it. Right. Yeah. So it takes a lot of courage to come out publicly and say those things about yourself, to tell that part of your story. Right. And, you know, I was always careful not to force anyone to share their story mm-hmm. until they felt that they were ready. And then mm-hmm. I also didn't want to influence their story because it is authentically their story. Right. So when when I when you share your story, I believe you have to have done your work around that part of your story mm. so that you are in a place that you feel safe with it, mm-hmm. that you feel like it's um, resolved, it's not mm-hmm. unfinished business, that you've worked through it. Because otherwise, it, you know, it's dangerous. You put your story out there, people will come back at you. Mm-hmm. And if you haven't done your work on yourself around that particular issue, it could trigger that issue in another way that would set you back right back to where you were before. Mm. And then you have regret about it. You not only have the shame and the guilt that may go along with it, but you have the regret that you shared it because you weren't ready to share it. That's interesting. You say that because it's almost like when I, you know, when I was going through all of that post drug stuff, Mm-hmm. Uh, and like, like the worst depression of my life. And I told you guys that like I was, you know, suicidal. I was sitting there having suicidal thoughts. Mm-hmm. And I um, probably a year later, I opened up about that. Mm-hmm. And I thought I was ready. Like I thought mm-hmm. that I was like ready to tell that story. I'd done like an Instagram. It was a national, like international in mental health day or something like that. Mm-hmm. And like I thought I was ready to like share that story because I do know. Like I, I try to really champion mental health. But I never talked mm-hmm. about like the suicidal bathroom situation before. It was the first time I'd ever talked about it. Mm-hmm. And I remember I like typed it up and like I posted it. And y'all like within minutes, it like triggered me. Yeah. Like all, and I was like in a bad place for a couple of days again oh, because yeah. it was so heavy. I mm-hmm. wasn't quite ready to tell that story. So I actually pulled the post down. Mm-hmm. Um, you re traumatized yourself. Yeah. I, that's so that's really interesting you mm-hmm. said that because I didn't, I thought I was ready, but I guess mm-hmm. I wasn't ready. And you're right. And it was bad. Like it was really like it took me about probably another six months to feel. And what's really funny about that, too, it's not funny, but interesting is that probably a few hours later, I got um, an instant message from a a therapist or like somebody, a mental health somebody. Mm -hmm. She was like, hey, um, I just noticed that you, you know, you posted today and I was going to show one of my clients it or colleague or something. And it had been taken down. And so mm-hmm. I just want to make sure that you're okay with it and just know that like, it's okay. Like it's okay to like, not to have been ready to share that yet. Right. That's you exactly know? right. And yes. like the great thing is, is that like one day you'll look back at this and you'll mm-hmm. realize how much stronger you've become because you will be ready to tell it. Exactly. And that was a good day. Like I remember when I could like repost that post and I even put on there, I was like, man, you know, I couldn't, I tried to post this six months ago and I couldn't do it. I wasn't ready. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now I'm ready and here's my story. Mm-hmm. And 
I feel, I feel like I felt really, I didn't feel like burdened by it anymore. Right. You know, it didn't feel like it was a, like it was controlling me. Like I was controlling it. Correct. And that's, yes. so that's a really good thing. And I think that's probably, the, that's, that is the answer I'm looking for. You know, I'm not quite ready to talk about these things yet. Mm-hmm. Um, like what yeah, really happened ha- at channel 933? I'm not ready for it. Like what, right. um, you know, what happened? Some of the things that happened in 1819, 2018, 2019, like I'm not ready for it yet. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. Okay. That's actually really good. That's super helpful to me because mm-hmm. now I feel like, I, cause I know, you know, I do know the power of telling your story. Oh, it's, it's tremendous. It's tremendous, but you have to do it when you're ready. Yeah. And when you've worked through the issues. Right. So yep. that you feel freed by it yeah. and not trapped in it again. Because even telling her the story this weekend, I still felt like that shame. It kind of put mm. me in a weird, not like a terrible funk by any means, but just kind of mm. like a meh. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like meh. Yeah. That sucks. Yeah. It's kind of like a bleh. doesn't feel Doesn't feel good. Yeah, kind of a bleh vibe. And so mm-hmm. uh, anyway, thanks for that, Mom. That's actually really insightful. Okay. All right. Let's change it now to Mom Tent. So on Wednesdays, we do something called Mom Tent. And uh, Mom Tent is content for my mom. And uh, <laughs> when we first started this podcast, she was uh, adamant about wanting to help and like bringing content to the show. I'm like, listen, Mom, just 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 tell me stories from your life. She's like, no, no, no. But I've got all these blog articles I want to talk about. <laughs> and I was like, Lord of mercy. My mom gets a lot of <laughs> newsletters every day. <laughs> And actually, I, I can attest to that because I had to use her email the other day for something. Oh, yeah. And I opened your inbox and I was just like, wow, that is a lot of just nonsense content. It just comes to you all the time. So not that I was perusing through your email. But it's a, You're welcome to. I have no secrets. It's a lot. It was just a lot. <laughs> uh, so anyway, we do, um, we do this thing called, um, called Mom Tent. And this is my mom's content that she found that she feels like is pertinent to all of our lives. Uh-huh. Well, <laughs> so, someone's life. Someone. <laughs> so what we got this week, mom? So, you know, we're always talking about you dating. Mm. And this is, a, this is a great blog post about seven things you definitely don't need to attract women. Oh. And Wait, seven things you don't, don't need. Don't need to attract okay. women. So he he goes through a little explanation about how, you know, we put so much pressure on ourselves and we think we, you know, we need a six six pack and six figures in the bank and we need to be six feet tall and, you know, be gorgeous and all this to attract women. And so I'm going to also rebuke some of these as someone that's been single now for three years. Like I want to like rebuke if I agree with this list or if I think this Uh, is just some fluff. I want your opinion of it. I definitely do. But here's how he starts out. He says, there is an ironclad rule of dating. You can't make anyone like you. You can only interact with people and let the chips fall where they may. That's what you should do instead of thinking you need to be more than you already are. Mm, so if you don't okay. take anything yeah. else away from this, remember that. Be you and you are good enough. That's literally so, how I am now. I'm not even like trying to fake it anymore. No, I know you are I'm aren't. just like, listen, like here's all the things that bother people about me. <laughs> Let's just not waste time. <laughs> yeah. I'm vegan, I'm liberal, I'm, you know, I don't drink. I wake up super early in the morning. I really don't have time for a relationship, but like I can try, you know what I mean? Like, I just don't want to, 
don't want to put it out there. Mm-hmm. Um, all okay. right, cool. So what here else? we go. He says the first one is being in insanely good shape. You don't look need to look like, you know, God's gift to the world yeah. to attract a woman. I was talking to a friend about that the other day. She was like, when I'm going through dating apps, I try to find guys that are okay looking because the guys that are too hot, I always feel uh-huh. like they're going to cheat on me. Uh, <laughs> so because <laughs> I always try to look for the guys that aren't completely in great shape. And she's uh-huh. she's a, an attractive female, you know, like, uh-huh. um, you know, I, I try to find guys that are decently in shape, um, but not too much in shape because I just don't want to <laughs> have to deal with that anxiety and them, you know, looking good for everybody else too. I'm like, okay, all right. I like you. Mm-hmm. That's right. So you don't need to be perfect before you can have a dating life. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Being an asshole. Oh, all right. Okay. <laughs> Women are simply unattracted to men who create the pretense of being nice in exchange for something, mainly sex. It's the people pleasing behavior of the nice guy that turns not just women off, but the world. That's the true. asshole lacks people pleasing behaviors, but he's also an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> like I found that honest to God, and this is so terrible to say, but just go with me here. Like the women that I treat really good. Uh-huh. I don't really get a long way with, but if I'm like super sarcastic and kind of a dick, like uh-huh. they, they like, those are the ones that stick around. And I don't understand why. It's so crazy to me. You know, like, I don't understand. Like, you would think it'd be the other way around. Like, the one I'm, like, pouring everything into. Like, oh, my gosh, you know, you're so beautiful, blah, blah, blah. But mm-hmm. the ones that I'm like, oh, like, why did you forget your makeup at home today? I mean, not that rude, mm-hmm. but, like, you know what I mean. Just something that's yeah. just, like, a little, like, jab at the side. Those are the yeah. ones. They, they love it. They love it. Mm-hmm. Like, sometimes I'll go out of my way just to be, like, kind of a jerk because, like, they love it. I, it sounds weird. <laughs> I know it sounds weird, but, like, it is facts. Well, he says, instead of thinking you need to be an asshole to attract women, just stop putting them on a pedestal. Don't hide behind the veneer of niceness in the the hopes that somebody will magically escape the friend zone that you built for yourself because you weren't honest about your intentions up front. Stop being needy. That's pretty much it. (laughs) All right. Right. Playing games with women. Okay. And then he's got two stories about that. Um, the first story says there was this woman I liked and I wanted to come across as not needy. So I replied back to her text in the exact amount of time it took her to text me back. Uh-huh. If it took her 10 minutes, I waited for 10. If it took her three hours, I waited three hours. The strange, this the strategy ultimately didn't work. It was unnatural and a gimmick. It is a weird, it is a super weird concept. Uh, but I, I do the same thing. I don't even know why. Like if you, <laughs> if you, you take do. a certain amount of time, like I'll take a certain, you know what I mean? Like, and I'm not quite sure why, mm-hmm. um, like why it's like that. I really have no idea. Um, but it's, it's funny to like, you know, cause you, like, you can't respond back too fast. You can't respond. You know, they'll, they'll think you're, you're too, you're too available. I don't uh-huh. know. It's so stupid. Right. I, I feel like everybody plays a stupid game. So, all right. <laughs> And his second story about that is there was another woman I liked and I decided to try genuine courtship. Early on in getting to know her, I kept conversations a bit lighter and shorter. Not to play a game, 
but because it seemed like the right thing to do, given that I didn't know her all that well. Our Mm. first date was also light, just studying. Things naturally ramped up, and we got to know each other better over time and ended up dating. So he says, you don't need to pretend to be unavailable when you're not. Or run these games on women to get them to like you. Okay. All right. Insulting women. Guys, please don't go around purposefully insulting women. Instead, understand the simple fact about relating to people, period. Playful energy is attractive. Knowing how to use banter is attractive. Playful teasing can be attractive, too, when it's not calculated. Again, this all comes from the headspace that you're treating a woman you like the same way you treat everyone else. Being able to joke around with people and not take yourself too seriously is attractive, period. Yeah. I don't know how I feel about that one. Okay. You don't want to um, joke around? Be like? No, I'm just saying like, I, I swear, I go back to my, my theory on the second one. Like women like jerks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? So <laughs> like, I don't know. That's just a, like, you can't be a jerk all the time, but they kind of like it when you're like, and, and tell me if I'm wrong. I don't, I don't understand this, this concept. This is what I've experienced three years of dating now. Like they like it when you're just kind of snarky with them, you know? Yeah. So, okay. All right. Um, making a bunch give me, of, give me one more. Give me one more. You think okay. is the, the best. Okay. Making a bunch of money. The vast majority of women don't care how much money you make. There's a famous saying, money doesn't change you. It just makes you more of who you already are. So if you were insecure and needy when you're broke, if you get rich, you'll just be a rich guy who's needy and insecure. Being ah. rich will improve your sex life in a superficial way. Let's yeah. be honest. Yeah. But is that what you really want anyway? Or do you yeah. want women to be uh-uh. with you because you're you? No, I want to be them because I'm rich. <laughs> <laughs> if, I, if I didn't want them to be with me because it was me, I would, I would sleep in in the mornings. Trust me. I would do the afternoon show. <laughs> okay. Um, I don't know about that. I think money is super important to women. Yeah. Um, I I would really, really but, question that. But do you want them to love you for your money or love you for who you are? I, I, I just think, because wait, the name of the article again is what? Seven things you don't need to attract women. I, uh, to attract. I'm not saying for like a long-term thing. Uh-huh. But I think guys with money are going to attract women a whole lot easier than guys that don't have a lot of money and again you know me i don't my, like it's not like i really i don't i don't I'm, i make an okay amount of money right like decent yeah yeah um but i don't like live like you wouldn't know like i have a nice i have a nice condo but yeah. like my car is five years old you know yeah like yeah, yeah, my yeah. clothes my, 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 my outfits all day like all day every day cost me about 12 dollars <laughs> total <laughs> you know i don't like really wear fancy clothes uh-huh um, you know, so I don't really flaunt it, but yeah. I promise y'all like, uh-uh, uh-uh. <laughs> I think every woman likes a man with money. Hmm. And if I'm wrong, 888-Kramer8. <laughs> but I'm pretty sure, like, I'm, I, that's really been my thing. And again, I don't, I don't flaunt it. I don't flaunt it. I don't, you know, put my money in front of anybody's face or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do, what I do is I do believe that like when it's, you know, it comes up somehow mm-hmm. um, that it is a, a plus in your, in your 
repertoire in your yeah yeah <laughs> your whole your whole list of things you know what i mean like, i don't think it's, i don't think it's a deterrent for sure <laughs> tell me if i'm wrong every woman loves a man with money and like it's an attractive quality it's something that y'all look for um well i didn't I think, look for that in your dad <laughs> yeah, well, but y'all were like kids. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm, uh, no, I'm we all, were. This, this is the problem we when you date. We were truly kids. When you date in your 30s, like. <sighs> yeah, you know a lot There's a whole more. different expectation. It's like, what, yeah. how much money is in your portfolio? I'm like, oh my, I don't know what a portfolio is, you know? Like, <laughs> how many cars do you have? Like, I'm just, uh-huh. just one, you know? like <laughs> A five-year-old car. Yeah, exactly. Uh, 888-Kramer8. Tell me if I'm wrong. Every woman enjoys a man that has money. And you you don't like – I'm not saying it has to be like the end-all, be-all, but like it's definitely a huge perk Mm. when it comes to attractiveness of men, in my opinion. If I'm wrong, 888-Kramer8. I don't think we'll get a call if anyone would be like, no, I don't care about a man's money. Come on, be honest. You may be surprised. Maybe. All right, Molly. Let's let's get our quote for today. Okay, from Aaron Neville. Every day – some act of kindness comes my way, even if it's just someone opening the door. It happens every day if you keep an eye out for it. Keeping an eye out, that's the key. Just watching and observing. And I would also add that, you know, we need to be kind every day. Mm-hmm. And just to show some little act of kindness to someone every day single day but i would intentionally i would say most of us probably do i think we do i think the world is a kinder and gentler place than than we give it credit for and it may not be you know the thing is like we're like our expectation of kindness is so high like for Mm -hmm. example we're all looking for the stories like the dylan's lemonade that we did back in san diego (laughs) right the little nine-year-old boy that wanted to set up a uh, a friend for his uh, lemonade stand for his friend that had cancer Mm-hmm. And we really championed that story, made it bigger and bigger. And um, yeah, so, but like, think about how many people like open the door for you or like, like let you go, you know, like in oh. traffic or like yeah. the little things. And I think it, you're right. Like if we were to sit there and analyze the small, maybe <laughs> do that today, mm-hmm. next 24 hours, like just analyze the little things that people are doing for you. Yes. You know? Yeah. And then see at the end of them. the day, be like, oh my God, wait, like. That was like, I think three nice things happened and, you know, mm-hmm. that's three whole things. And because you might say, oh, the world's so shitty. We got this, you know, we got this, uh, politics, you know, <laughs> COVID shot. It's like, how many like of the kind, like, like people that you were interacting with are doing kind things all the time. You know, I'd yep. love to hear that. If anybody has that realization and like, you just like, oh my God, like I, I stopped and I spent a whole day thinking about, you know. Even if it's your, you know, your husband or your wife and they're, you know. Uh, Especially if it's let, the people Let you that choose you the show. Let you choose the show before you fall asleep at night. You know, like, but I'm just talking like little things like that. It may actually open up your mind to be like, oh my gosh, there's so many good things happening in the mm-hmm. world. So much kindness, more than I even really give it credit for. Mine versus these big things that we're just like constantly searching for, you know. Right. So, and it, um, it will come back to you multiplied immensely. Yep. Uh, yeah, there you go. That's your quote for today. Okay. Uh, we're going to get to a moment in Kramer history here in just a couple seconds. All right. Kramer history, few seconds away. First certified fans. Hello. How are you? So good to see you. Thank you for supporting our show. In case you don't know what a certified fan is, that's somebody that uh, can donate $5 a month to our show. And we're so appreciative, man. This, this show is completely, well, not completely fan driven, but I would say it's like 80% fan driven. Mm-hmm. So 
thank you for that. Uh, we would not, even if you're not a certified fan, like just know that it's, it's people listen to this podcast that keep it going. So thank you for that. Uh, if you want to become one and get a bunch of perks by doing it, text the word fans, F-A-N-S, to 888-Kramer8, or you can just go in your show notes and there's a link there, or you can go to certifiedmamasboy.com and there's a link at the top of the page. If you're in your mobile browser, it's at the bottom of the page, a big old button that says fans. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I hope you'll consider supporting our podcast. And when you do, when you join, we give you a whoop whoop on the podcast and dedicate the whole episode to you. Uh, we have nobody new today to report, but what we do have is uh, we go back and we thank people that have been here for a while. Yes. Um, so we are uh, – let me pull up my wheel. Because what we do is we go back and we, we have you know over 400 certified fans. And so we spin this wheel. And we try to find out who we're going to thank and dedicate the show to. And you can't hear it, but it's – hang on. Let me see if I can – there it goes. Can you hear the background now? There it goes. I just switched my speaker there. 236. Okay. Certified fan number 236. So now I spend 15 minutes trying to find this document. And, um, you know, what I like about Google docs though, cause all this is on Google docs for me. Um, mm-hmm. it like knows what time you use certain documents. Oh. So like this one, it'll always be the first one that pops up. It'll say, Hey, you typically look at this document at this time. So maybe this is what you're looking for right now. It's kind of oh, cool. That's nice. Yeah, uh, two, three, six. Oh man. It's, uh, two, three, six is. Alexandria R. Oh, okay. Alexandria R, how are you? Oh my gosh. Okay. How are you? Yeah, sort of great certified fan. Uh, been one now since uh, July of last year. Oh, wonderful. Still out here supporting our show. Alex, <laughs> thank you. I don't know if you go by. I don't know what you go by. Alexandra <laughs> or is it Alejandria? Oh my God. When there's a J in there, I get so nervous. As someone oh. that cheated in Spanish class, I'm always <laughs> like... How, did, how is it spelled? It's A-L-E-J-A-N-D-R-A. So mm. is it Alejandria? I think it's Alejandra. Alejandra. Because J's uh, are usually pronounced as H's. Yeah. Man, I hate that when I screw that up. Well, Alejandra or Alex or Alejandra. Okay, you know, you know who you are probably. <laughs> Yes, and then we screw up your name. God, it's I not intentional. <laughs> Alejandra. We're happy uh, that Alejandra. you're here. Alejandra. Uh-huh. I think it's Alejandra R. Yeah. I'm going to go with that. Yeah. Uh, thank you so much for being a certified fan. Love you, love you, love you. Um, for a long time, <laughs> over a year. Almost a year yeah. and a half at this point. That's crazy. So thank you for doing that. Uh, so this great. is your bonus, possibly first whoop whoop, and this show is dedicated to you because you're an amazing person. Yes. This is your whoop whoop. To Alejandra R. So glad you're here and so grateful for you. Yep. There it is. So you can be the certified fan for tomorrow by texting the word fans, F-A-N-S, to 888-Kramer8. And mom, that'll do it for you today. I love you. Okay, honey. Love you forever. A moment in Kramer history! Welcome to a Thanksgiving edition of A Moment in Kramer History. This month, I'm going to try to give you all Thanksgiving content if I can find it for A Moment in Kramer History. And all this is, is when we look back at my radio career and just kind of like poke fun at all the ridiculousness that we were able to get away with back in the day. Uh, yeah, so yeah, like I said in the beginning of the show, it was uh, it was 2011. 
went Black Friday shopping for 14 hours with my ex-wife. And I was like, I can never do that again. But then we talked to the listeners. Like, listen, after, because like Thanksgiving is a way of like really, it's a lot of family time, a lot of time off work, a lot of shopping. So what lessons were learned over these Thanksgiving weekend? Okay, simple question we want to ask this morning. And that is, after this Thanksgiving break, I will never blank again. You probably learned some lesson in your life this week. And you can say, listen, I don't care what happens in the history of time. Mm-hmm. I will never, ever, 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 ever do this again Right after this Thanksgiving. I will tell you this, and I'm going to make a proclamation this morning. After this Thanksgiving break, I will never go shopping with my wife ever again. Uh-oh. Oh, my. Never, never, especially Black Friday shopping. Oh. And I'll explain why. It woke up a simple Friday morning, right? We had to make plans the night before. Let's go out and do a little shopping today, right? Yeah. Oh. Define a little shopping. Like, if you had to define in your head a little shopping. Maybe me, you'd go to one or two stores, sure. yeah. try to find a deal. A little, to me, is two hours or less. Ready for this? Yeah. 14 hours. What? We were shopping. 14 hours. So, I'm proud to say this morning... After this Thanksgiving break, I will never go Black Friday shopping ever. Did you ever drive again. like down to Orlando? Yeah, to where'd go you shopping? go? I think we hit every single store. How well, is that possible? You must have went to like the cheese corner over in like Callaway. <laughs> What's a cheese yeah. corner? I, I don't know. There. That sounds delicious. It's a cheese bar. <laughs> Holly. Oh, cheese oh, what'd you learn? I learned after this Thanksgiving break that I will never decorate the house with Christmas with my husband again. Oh, my. Yes. Um, you know how everybody does things a little bit differently? <laughs> you mean not like you. Yes. Okay. Um, which, of course, is the wrong way. Okay. If you're not doing it the way I do it. Anyway, I just have a way that you're supposed to do things, which would be, you know, finding a- appropriate places for your furniture, deciding where the tree is going to go, and, mm-hmm. then, and then doing the duty, which is get the tree up, do the lights, do the garland, do the ornaments. Sure. Right. <clears throat> That's not apparently how my husband does it. <laughs> he put the, one of our side tables, like, he wedged it between the wall and the couch and was like, it looks good there. Nobody walks there anyway. I was like, oh, God. Did you freak out? I did. I was you like, did. if I have to look at that wedged in table for a month and a half. So I, then I went over and, and just give him a little kiss and I'm like, for helping. I'm going to move it though. Yeah. The tree, everything. So no, it's just not. So what? So at, after the Thanksgiving break, I will never be decorating the house for Christmas with my husband. After Mr. Fuller, what'd you learn? After this Thanksgiving, I will never, ever, ever go Thanksgiving food shopping with my boyfriend. Oh, yeah, it's tough. See, this is the thing, though, is I mentioned this right before we went off last, last week on Tuesday. Yeah. Uh, by Friday, I was still hearing passive aggressive comments about it, and we even got into a huge <laughs> blow up <laughs> argument I... over how the turkey was cooked, yeah. how the mashed potatoes were done, yeah. how many carbs were in the meal. Wait, <laughs> did you also fight on Thanksgiving night? Yes. You fought the night before yes. Thanksgiving because I heard you, that wait, one. What? Yes. You, what? Yeah. yeah. What I'm, are you fighting about? Just passive aggressive over like how the food was cooked and who was gonna cook it and. It's mean, I've decided. I, like, I couldn't hear words, but I could hear a tone. <laughs> what did it sound like? It sounded like this. Basically, the conversation ended with my boyfriend, Brett, saying, I will not participate in this drunken rampage. It was really bad. I will never do that again. Okay. Mandy, what's up? I feel bad for this one, but after this Thanksgiving, I will never... Watch Holly's dog when she goes out of town. (gasps) 
<laughs> You're speaking against your own Holly O'Connor? This I is the am, first. Yes. Why? Okay, what happened? Okay. Um, you know, I I love oh. little Nala, but she has this piercing bark, and she barks at everything. <laughs> yeah. At like five o'clock in the morning. Well, Holly's well, in town Friday through Sunday, right? Yes. yes. So uh, Mandy decided I, to watch the dog. Yeah, I Mandy volunteered, by the way. I she's did. like, I love the dog. I was like, I don't think she knows what she's getting into. So, <laughs> five o'clock in the morning, she's barking, woke my child up. <laughs> That's like a nightmare in itself. Lesson learned was up. What, Mandy? I'm never going to watch Holly's dog again. Uh, oh. Call us up right now. 230-W-I-L-N. 230-9456. All you got to do is fill the blank in. Simple statement, which is after this Thanksgiving break, I will never blank again. Okay? Okay. Hello, Ann. Hello. How are you? I'm good. Good. What'd you learn? I am never going to eat my future mother-in-law's Thanksgiving food uh, ever again. Oh, oh, no. oh, and she's not even a crook. She's a future mother-in-law. Oh, that's oh, no. a lot of what was wrong? What's wrong with it? Okay, well, she's a fan of the Cooking Network, Food Network, all that stuff. So yeah. she decided to take a cue from Down Home with the Neelys and spice things up a bit. Oh. It was horrible. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. It was Paula Dean threw up all over the kitchen table. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> See, I feel like unless you're skilled in the ways of the spicing, there, there's man. a very dangerous Not way where you can go overboard. Yet. You have to practice before Thanksgiving. Ooh, yeah, yeah. Hey, Brittany, good morning. Good morning. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you? Good. What'd you learn? I learned that I will never visit the in-laws without the husband. Oh, oh. no. Oh, my. How why? Did you, why? Yeah, why'd you go without your husband? Well, my husband works out of town, um, so he had, he had to leave the day before Thanksgiving. Oh, no. Uh. So, so what went down that was so bad? Well, um, we've been married for seven years, and we separated several months ago, but we got back together. We try not to involve the family oh, because it's no. very, it's just a very gossip-friendly family. Oh, my goodness. Um, so we, you know, we never never said anything, but I was invited mm-hmm. to go, and so I showed up with, you know, my, my husband's, um, our children, and everybody would, you know, they all said hello, I uh. said hello, and then they all asked where he was, and as soon as I said, well, you know, he's gone, they kind of said, oh, okay, waited a couple seconds, and... <laughs> Turn around and walk off. Oh. Wait, wait, wait. Did you at least explain that he was working and not just decided not to come? Oh, yeah. I, I told everybody, and everybody was just like, oh, that's, that sucks. Okay. <laughs> oh, God. Never, never, never again. Over there. I can't yeah. imagine being in my family's house, my, my family in law's house, without my wife. That'd be so awkward. So, whatever happened to this? And you're like, maybe like you've been telling lies, and you gotta yeah. keep up the lies. It's bad. Oh. Mary, Mary. Yes. Hi. Hi. How are you? I'm fine. Good. How are you? Good. What'd you learn? Um, I will never take this many days off again. Oh, no. How what? many days did you take off? I took Monday. I requested Monday through Friday off, but oh. my boss gave me Saturday and Sunday off, and then I have Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday off. So 10 days. I'm, <gasps> I'm not at work. Why, why, why is that so bad? I love that. Come do the show for me. Because I 
don't have anything else to do. I got it. <laughs> you're like sitting there. You're like, is there anything that I can knit? Yeah. <laughs> can I start a hobby? Maybe stained glass. <laughs> I don't know. So many. I, I just know that I am wandering around my house going, what do I do now? <laughs> That's oh, you know you, the break is I'll let you long. borrow some movies. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I, I had a date like that, I think. I had a date like that when I sat back and I was like, what? What's next? I didn't. I don't either. I, I don't. I just sit and stare at the wall. So many lessons learned, man. I wonder if 2011 Stephen would have any idea that in 2021, literally 10 years later for Thanksgiving, he was going to be single and heading to Tulum for Thanksgiving. I wonder what you would think about that. You ever think of like what your younger self would think about you? I always feel like my um, my kid self would love who I am today. Like my seven-year-old, I became everything that my seven-year-old self wanted me to become. Honest to God, this is it. Nintendo games, radio DJ. Like I just, I, I really impressed seven-year-old Steven. But like 10 years ago, Steven, I think he'd be shocked. I think he'd be shocked that this is where I was going to be. I also think that he'd realize a lot of other things though. If he knew what he knew back in 2011, you know what I mean? Like, why do I have so much anxiety about getting married? That's not the feeling you should have. <laughs> before you marry someone. Anyway, I wonder what your old self, like what would your 10 year self think about you today? You know, it's kind of weird to think about. Enough rambling. I love you. Have a great Wednesday. See you tomorrow with a new Ask My Mom. Goodbye. Okay, that's it for today. Thanks for listening to my son's podcast, Certified Mama's Boy. Be sure to review and subscribe and tell your friends. Love you forever. 